This is the Starting Good Podcast. I'm Alex Gramling. In the tech community, over the last few years, with the explosion of wearable devices and smart sensors, there's been this whole culture of what's called quantified self, this idea of let's measure everything and see what we can learn from it. And one of the areas I think that has the most enormous potential for quantified self is in rehabilitation care, and especially with back pain. Wearable technologies are a multi-billion dollar industry. Some of the most popular devices track your sleep patterns or fitness and then send that data wirelessly to a personal computer or mobile device. Alex Danko is pioneering a new use for this type of technology. His company, Backtrack, is developing a wearable and mobile app that could help in the assessment and treatment of back pain. Alex first became interested in back pain as a graduate student in neuroscience at McGill University in Montreal. In 2013, he and a business partner found funding for their idea and began product development. Backtrack is still in the initial test phase and has yet to come to market. But if it works, Danko says it could help patients and doctors deal with one of the world's most common and costly health problems. Every year, The Lancet, which is one of the most uh, respected and famous journals in the medical field, puts out their total impact in terms of years lived with disability and impact on your life of every condition, you know, diabetes, asthma, alcoholism, heart attacks, cancer, and everything. Back pain is number one in the world in terms of the total number of years and total amount of quality of life that is reduced. It is an enormous, enormous problem. Uh, I think something like it is the second greatest reason for doctor visits in North Americans under age 45, uh, the leading cause of work-related disability. Uh, the list just goes on and on. Yet, when we think about you know these terrible health conditions that have such large impacts on our lives, we tend to think of heart disease and cancer and mental illness and all these very, very important conditions. But back pain tends to be forgotten. And so you're going to try to address uh, this very large health problem uh, with mobile technology. Tell us about Backtrack. What is it? How does it work? And how does it address the problem of back pain? In the tech community, over the last few years, with the explosion of wearable devices and smart sensors, there's been this whole culture of what's called quantified self, this idea of let's measure everything and see what we can learn from it. And it's a really cool, really exciting new community that is measuring all sorts of interesting things. And one of the areas I think that has the most enormous potential for the quantified self is in rehabilitation care, and especially with back pain. The ability to use little sensors to just track little details of things throughout the day. How are you moving? When did it hurt? What were you doing? Knowing those in, those pieces of information on an hour-to-hour, day-to-day basis can have a huge impact in the way we manage and care and recover from back pain. So what Backtrack is, is it's a small patch that you wear on your back. You can think of it like a large Band-Aid, essentially, that talks with your smartphone and over Bluetooth and keeps track of what your back is doing throughout the day and what you are doing throughout the day. So bending, reaching, sitting, standing, whatever you're doing. And it keeps track of all that using a new combination of uh, sensors that we've developed in-house. And sends this information continuously to your phone, so you don't have to keep track of anything yourself. Whenever something hurts, 
let's say you bend over and, you know, you feel ouch, you just give it a little tap with your hand, just like that. And now, Backtrack knows what you were doing when it hurt. It can give you context. It remembers, like, okay, that was a pain event. So now, over the day, whenever you just get in the habit of tapping whenever you feel pain, almost unconsciously, you get this collection of movement data and pain events, and you can see that relationship between the two. So we're building Backtrack to be as unobtrusive and as easy to wear as possible, and frankly, to get it really comfortable. Uh, this week, we've been prototyping a lot of different materials and adhesives, and it's now quite comfortable. We're really excited. We're getting this so that it's a little device that you can slap on in the morning, then forget about, and just tap whenever you feel pain, and that's it. Individuals will be collecting all of this data on their back pain, and, and as you mentioned, they can view it on their mobile device. Uh, but what will they do with it? How is it actionable? The information that you get out of Backtrack is actionable on two levels. On one level, uh, on your own, it's really important to have this kind of data in front of you, accessible on a day-to-day -day basis, when you're trying to actually modify behavior by yourself. So if you're trying to make an effort to move more or to change the way that you're moving in a particular way or to keep track of how certain you're moving in certain contexts, for instance, the ability to just have that information in front of you is really, really crucial in order to, let's say, do your exercises in the morning or move differently when you're taking a walk. On a second level and on an even more interesting level, this kind of information can really change the way that you approach back pain with whoever you're working with as part of your rehab care. So if you're working with a physiotherapist, it's really useful to be able to bring them your data and say, okay, here is how I moved this week. They can say, all right, this is great. You're really making progress with X. However, you're going to need to work on Y a little more, so we're going to modify your exercises this way. Physiotherapists are really, really excited about this. We've had some great early uh, conversations, and we're setting up some research collaborations uh, with physical therapists and athletic therapists and occupational therapists in order to test this on patients as early as possible. Uh, they're very excited to see how this can improve their day-to-day -day treatment for patients and how this can help patients recover more quickly. Backtrack, as you mentioned, is part of this larger category of products called wearables. Uh, why do you think we're so interested in collecting data about ourselves and tracking and measuring these data? Well, uh, I like to think of wearables in terms of two phases. Um, over the past five years, we've seen the first phase of wearables, which I think is really typified by the Fitbit and other little sort of small, maybe bracelets you can wear, you know, activity trackers, things that can tell you, oh, you moved around this much today. You get a general signal of you had X much activity today and X plus three tomorrow and X plus five yesterday. This is really useful for people who are just trying to move around more, who want to make a conscious effort to live healthier lives, or for people who are just curious. I think there are a lot of people who just genuinely are interested in what they're doing every day, and that's great. But I also think that for the wearable category to expand and to flourish, they're going to need to move on to solving specific kinds of problems and very specific user needs that are more sophisticated than just track generally how I'm moving around. I think one of my favorite 
new companies uh, that's in the, I don't know if you would exactly call this the wearable space, but there's a company called Propeller Health that makes um, tools that go come with asthma inhaler kits to help people get context and awareness and data around when they have asthma attacks and where they were, what was in the air, what they were doing at the time, that gives such rich contextual information with just a little tool that's tracking where they are and what they're doing in the context of their asthma. That's the type of tool that I think is really going to represent this second wave of wearable devices that aren't just collecting data for the sake of collecting data. They're really collecting information to solve a specific problem that people have. And that's what we're trying to do with Backtrack. Take us, uh, take us back for a bit. No, no pun intended, Alex. How, how did you, how did you get the idea for Backtrack? Um, well, so as I, when I graduated from my master's degree in the summer of 2013, which it's hard to believe was only last year, um, I was left with a little bit of a frustrated feeling that a lot of the research that we're doing in basic science has yielded a lot of very rich and valuable information about all of the molecular and biologic reasons for why we should move around if you're a back pain patient. But we haven't actually built anything to help you do that. And that was quite frustrating to me. It seemed like at some point we were, you know, kicking a dead horse, as it were. It's like, all right, we know the research is very, very, very clear here. What we need now are better tools for patients to actually do what they're telling them to do. Um, in, so shortly after graduating, I was introduced to Alex Daskalov, who was also interested in the back pain space and the wearable space and building some sort of biosensors or tools for people. And the idea really took shape in late August, early September. So it was, how could we, what could we build that would actually help people solve this problem? You know, what kind of tool could we build quickly that we could implement really, you know, easily that would make a difference in some solvable problem? I think there are some people who are trying to build devices who are trying to solve all of back pain. And I think that's commendable, but that's a really big obstacle. We set out for a smaller but more defined problem. So the idea of how can we just help people be more aware of their movement and pain, and be able to put it in context better as part of their recovery. So the idea, we, set, we really set out trying to solve that problem. And once we decided what we wanted to solve, then Backtrack was a logical evolution of that. It came together over the next few months, and uh, we subsequently raised a round of financing off it, and we've been off to the races since. Your education uh, is in neuroscience. Uh, are, are you approaching this problem as a, as a scientist who is applying a technical uh, solution to it? Uh, and, and describe uh, how they met, how that might differ from the approach, say, were this uh, a, a technologist or a developer uh, trying to uh, approach and solve a scientific problem? Uh, that's a great question. Um, right now, I'm, de I'm definitely the life scientist of the group, that's for sure. Uh, I tend to approach things in a very uh, biological manner, which sometimes is not always the best way as I'm learning. Uh, this has been an enormous learning process for me, uh, seeing how startups tend to build ideas and how to do uh, agile development and use principles from four steps to the epiphany and lean startup and things like that. Uh, in life science, when we take an experimental approach, we tend to 
design experiments to answer questions that were already pre-formulated. Uh, we essentially make a hypothesis and say, all right, we'd like to test this. So we design an experiment of how we might do that. And then once the experiment's carried out, you look at the results, and it tells you what you wanted to know. Uh, if anyone has ever read the Lean Startup, you'll always hear, okay, build, measure, learn. Build, measure, learn, right? Build something, measure something that you realize once you've built it, and then learn from that measurement. In science, we do that loop as well, but we almost do it in reverse. First, you decide what you want to learn by writing an experimental design. Then you do the experiment and measure things. And then finally, you get your result, which is as almost like what you wanted to build in the first place. Uh, it's a very interesting reverse perspective on the same process. Um, it's also interesting contrasting both the scientific approach with kind of the startup and business mindset, uh, which each have their strengths and weaknesses. Um, I think a lot of life science people and, you know, physical science people tend to get really, really bogged down in details and care immensely about particular elements of things that really aren't that important in the grand scheme of things. We tend to get lost in the details. But we also care about the details, and that can be important for recognizing specific problems early. So I think um, if you are a life scientist who is thinking of going into startups, but uh, absolutely hold on to those inst instincts, they'll be very valuable to you. But you'll have to learn a lot as well. Uh, it's, a, it's a very steep learning curve, but it's a lot of fun. What have been some of the technical challenges you faced in just developing your idea? Oh, there have been many. Um, I would say when I, when I first had this idea, I remember thinking, oh, this is going to be an awesome product. It's going to be a big challenge uh, getting uh, – patients to wear this and physiotherapists to get on board with this to adopt it, but building the device should be easy. That'll be no problem at all. Uh, that couldn't have been farther from the truth. In fact, we've had really, really uh, urgent and eager adoption by people, but building the device has been a pretty significant challenge. Um, what we've been building is a tool that has a circuit board inside it that's printed on flexible printed circuit board so it can bend and move around the way that you do inside a silicone housing that you wear on your back with an adhesive. So there are a lot of parts in there that can go slightly wrong and make for a miserable wearing experience. Uh, as an example, one problem that we realized uh, recently was going to be a bigger problem we'd anticipated is the fact that this device is going to have to stretch or otherwise accommodate the fact that when you bend over, your back is actually slightly longer than it is when you're standing upright. And although it's fairly easy to make bendable electronics these days, it's much harder to make stretchable electronics. So working through that hurdle was a pretty significant challenge, but I'm happy to say that we've gotten through it. I'm actually wearing one right now, and it's quite comfortable. And I'm bending over, uh, punching into my laptop screen, and I don't feel a thing. So I think we made some good progress on it. So we're talking to you very early stage Kind of give us a sense of where you are in the product development uh, process and when this might be worn by patients in a, in a test environment. Certainly. So, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Alex and I met in September of last year when we had the idea, and we raised our first round of financing in November of last year, which was with uh, Tandem Launch, which is a 
technology accelerator incubator in Montreal that mostly deals with consumer electronics but has been reaching into the wearable health space, and they've been wonderful to work with. Right now, we are still in the product prototyping phase, but we've made a lot of progress on our physical prototype. It is now wearable and just about ready to go. Our goal has always been to have our first patient wear it on July 1st of this year, and I think we are on pace to reach that goal, which is only in two weeks. It is just about ready for prime time. So hopefully our very first testing and first numbers to come out of it in the clinical uh, setting should be coming fairly shortly. Um, phase two of product development, which is working on the actual algorithms and analysis of the data coming out of the device, is set to begin very shortly as well. We have two very, very talented young people who are going to come work with us on the machine learning side of things, one who is coming over from Germany in two weeks and another who is uh, set to do her postdoc here at McGill. She's from Iran originally, but she will be working with us uh, as part of a postdoc industrial fellowship to work on the machine learning analysis side of things. And that's going to be quite fun. We're really excited for that. And all of this is working towards hopefully having a product that is putting out useful numbers with an easy-to-use app and is being used on real patients sometime next year. Uh, we'll have to check back with you then when that's the case. And how could this uh, come to market, or have you uh, thought that far in advance? Many of these consumer wearables you can literally buy at a big-box retailer. Is that how you envision uh, the product rollout, or will this be prescribed by physicians and therapists? What are your thoughts on how people might uh, be able to ultimately obtain and use your product? Uh, excellent question, Alex. We have thought a long and hard about this, and as of now, our, our answers are still hypotheses, because we haven't tested them yet, but we will soon. One thing we learned very early on from talking to people about this idea was that when we would talk to back pain patients about it, people would generally be excited and nod their heads along and say, oh, yeah, I would totally use this, but in an I would use this if somebody told me to use it sort of way. Whereas when we talk to physiotherapists and physicians and occupational therapists, they would jump up and down and get really excited and say, yes, I really want to use this. Give me this now, and I will put this on my patients. So that was our first clue that our path to market should probably go through those people, the ones who are the most excited about it early on. Right now, we imagine a setup where if you are getting care for your back pain, you could purchase one of these through a physiotherapy clinic, and then who then licenses the software from us, so you can download your software on your phone for free, no charge required. You just have to sign in with your clinic who can handle all the logistics. Uh, that, way, that way there are as few barriers to consumers as possible while still keeping a good system in place. So physiotherapists are helping you with your device. The clinics are helping to pay for the analysis software, can order devices in bulk, already have good customer relationships, and it's a very streamlined process all the way through. That being said, it's still a hypothesis. We'll have to see. Maybe there is enough customer demand that we can sell it directly to the consumer. I don't know. We're going to have to see. We may test this out with a Kickstarter sometime soon or some other crowdfunding source. Uh, you'll have to check back on us with that in a little bit. If you are successful in developing this, this flexible patch for monitoring, uh, do you conceive other uses for it, perhaps uh, for managing other chronic disease states? 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think we're starting with back pain mostly because uh, that's our background. But there are all sorts of applications you could use Backtrack for. I guess it wouldn't be called Backtrack then. Um, but our sensor could be used for, I think, any kind of rehabilitation that involves movement, that involves sensing shape and movement over time could be huge. Um, really, all sorts of new measurements you can do with the body, I think, we could be a, a part of measuring going into the future. The way I like to think of it is, right now, most wearables and trackers are based off of the accelerometer for a good reason. You know, it's cheap, it's small, it works, but they track points in space as they move around. And we're not points in space. We're humans. We have a shape, and that shape moves and changes as we do things. One of the next frontiers in movement tracking and wearable health may well be being able to sense shape as a part of recovery. And we want to be right at the middle of that. Alex, we, we wish you well with your product development and launch. We'll certainly be following. And uh, for people who are interested in learning more about your company and your product, where can they go and what should they do? Well, to find out more about Backtrack's development, you can go to backtrackware.com. That's backtrackware.com. If you'd like to see some of my own thoughts as well as more regular blog posts about how we're doing and what we're up to, you can go to my personal blog, which is alexdanko.com. That's A-L-E-X-D-A-N-C-O.com, where I post on a regular basis what we're up to and what we're thinking about. That's Alex Danko, co-founder of Backtrack. Thanks for listening to Starting Good. You can hear all of our podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and at our website, startinggood.org. I'm Alex Scrambling.